Hey guys, welcome to the Change Up Podcast. Josh and Chad here. This is where we talk about culturally relevant topics, but we look at them through an honest gospel worldview. Let's get it. What's up, Chad? What's up, Josh? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Look at us here on a Christmas day. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's not Christmas, but it's coming out on Christmas. That's right. So if you're listening on Christmas, Merry Christmas. That's right. Hopefully you got everything that you uh, you wanted. Hopefully. Uh, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, man. What do you think Marie's getting you? I have no idea, mm. honestly. Probably something. What'd you get her? You can tell her because she won't hear until it's out. Oh, it's true. Unless it's private. That's true, but which is weird. (laughs) No, I got her. um, I got her. uh, I got her a uh, massage. Okay, good. Got her a uh, some some uh, of the. She likes these um, comfortable like um, socks and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, I got her some leggings that are insulated. Oh. It's like because uh, she, you know, personal trains and all that stuff. So I was like, you know, yeah. kind of cool. And then, um, gosh, I forgot the other thing. Oh, I also got her some earbuds. I heard her talking the other day of like, oh, I'd, she needs some. Earbuds. I'd like to have some like uh, waterproof, like wireless earbuds. So I got her some like mine that are yeah. pink. So is yours? Are you? You like them? Yeah, mine are good. Because you got the knockoff. Yeah, earbuds. forty bucks, but I mean, but you like them? Yeah, they're really good, actually cool yeah they're waterproof they they fit nice you know for working out and all that kind of stuff um pretty good reception like when i call people and stuff it doesn't we need sound some affiliate bad. links yeah that's what all the big guys this do. was like on amazon's amazon's choice and i bought them for myself and i've had them for I don't know, eight months or so now and they've been yeah. great so i got her the same kind but pink Ooh, does she like pink Mm-hmm. okay yeah she's a pink girl for sure okay and gosh, I got her something else. I ordered it off Amazon, and it's in a box. I haven't even opened it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> I forgot what it is now. Mm. Oh, oh, I got her a Pandora charm. She wanted one of those. I don't know what that is. Like, she's got a little charm bracelet, so like a little uh, silver charm that goes on. Oh, is that a thing? Yeah, she likes those, and it's like a, if I remember correctly, I got her one that's like hearts and stuff like that. A little fun fact about Marie is she's a twin, so... Cassie, her... She's a twin? Mm-hmm. I knew she had twins in her, in her family. No, she's a twin. Cassie, oh her gosh. sister's a twin. They're fraternal. They don't look alike. They look like sisters, but they're twins. Oh, okay. And when they were growing up, Cassie always had stars on everything, and Marie had hearts on everything. Cool. And so I got her a little heart uh, uh, charm thing. Okay. So I did pretty good. Sounds like it. Yeah, you know. Uh, I have no idea what she's getting me. Uh, if I were to guess... There's some clothes involved, and there's some sort of hunting or fishing gear involved. Mm, maybe she got you like a guided hunting trip. That'd be awesome. Probably not, <laughs> but that'd be awesome. She's she's the type that would want me to do that and like research it myself and go. She's all for it, but she'd probably feel like she wouldn't know what to do uh, for it. But I think I hinted towards, I showed her some stuff, like we, you know, just to give her some ideas. But I had this this uh, waterproof pack. It's like a fishing um, tackle box backpack thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a rod holder and stuff for your tackle and all this kind of stuff. Okay, okay. To have on my um, kayak. A and vest. Stuff. No, it's like a. It's more like a backpack thing. Okay. Where you can like wear it while you're kayak fishing and stuff like that. Oh. Uh, she may have gotten that. Okay. We'll Possibly. see. If, we'll see if you're right. I also had another uh, pop up like. Um, tent like thing that's like a blind you can just go out and hunt with and like pop it up real quick and sit inside of it to hunt out of mm-hmm. so i also showed her that so that could also be another tree i don't know hmm. we'll see y'all do all your presents christmas morning or do you just yeah we, well we eve? have a christmas eve tradition this is where i got her the leggings for because we always open pjs and we we buy like a family board game mm. so christmas eve is like we play the board game get the pajamas watch a christmas movie go to bed and then christmas morning's the 
open up all the presents. Gotcha. What about you? What'd you get, uh, Britt? I think I got her a, what do you call them, a Roomba? Okay. The That's vacuum cleaner robot thing? Yeah, it's great. Christmas got present, getting a wife a vacuum cleaner. Yep. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, she's a very practical girl. So, like, charm, hey, like, never listen, bought her jewelry. Wants. That's what she wants. What else? Are that is a vacuum cleaner that she doesn't have to actually use. Yeah, it does it by itself. That. So, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's a little different than like a handheld, like, you got a vacuum. I don't think it's going to work, but we'll see. I mean, there's no way I can pick up the mess that our kids leave. It'll, it'll maybe help with it, putting a dent in it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, we also have a big ledge coming from our kitchen to our dining room where the table is it's like had to build if a it ramp. needs help had to build a ramp for a room <laughs> uh, i ain't doing that uh what else did i get her a um some kitchen device she wanted i don't even know what it does i think it it's like a wand yeah i think it makes frost milk but we have a milk frother so i don't know what it is but i got it for her <laughs> why'd you get it she wanted it oh, okay i don't know what it is though i don't even know what it's called so so far she's got a vacuum cleaner and something in the kitchen. So, yeah. and then she's got a grow light for her plants. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me she not to ask plants. you for gifts. <laughs> <laughs> well, she is not big on gifts. Like she's always been hard to buy for. What do you think she's getting you? Well, she got me slippers, jeans, and ah, oh, what else? What else? Something else. I forget one other thing. I just told her what to get me. Okay. So you guys are really boring. Yes. When it comes to when gifts. it comes to gifts, yes. Well, this is a first. Like usually, I just get whatever I want. So like I don't even need anything by the time Christmas came around. Yeah. But this year, I've been holding back. You know, we're on a budget. I'm in ministry. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it's funny because I'm I'm the worst in the sense of so Marie. She likes to have a plan and like. We always make a budget, and we always, like, we're going to get this many gifts, and I always go over budget, and I always get her more than she gets me, because mm-hmm. I just enjoy it. Well, I did that for the first few, <laughs> few years we were married, and she was never, like, it's not like she was unhappy with it, but, like, I could tell, like, it just doesn't bring her joy. And I'm like, I'm not about to go through the hassle of buying you gifts, figuring out what's best. She, it just doesn't speak to her. Yeah. It's not her love language. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, I just stopped, and she's doesn't matter like i could get her nothing and she'd be fine with it i'm looking at my i did all my christmas shopping on amazon i'm a terrible local yeah i did a i did a lot of amazon <laughs> i did all amazon too because it's it, it's kind of practical too is they come in boxes so i just gotta wrap the box oh come on you gotta open it up and like well you gotta look inside of it make sure you got it but after that you can oh just... she got me guitar picks i just saw on our amazon <laughs> <laughs> Which I need. I'm like spoiler. down to my last one. Spoiler. Oh, let's see. Probably some books. She should have got me some books. Oh, a, a new stylus for my iPad because I broke it a long time ago. So I've been without for so long. Once again, all this sounds pretty boring. All right. Let's 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 get away from all this silliness. Let's do some take it or leave it. Ready? I'm ready. I was born with it. I'm looking at what I got Maria right now. All right, well, I'll wait. No, I was right. I already told you everything I got. Her. All right. <clears throat> Unforgivable. Hmm. So this is the recap. Oh, yeah. So by the way, listeners, yeah. he has he is, um, denied many uh, mm-hmm. take-it-or-leave-it topics. So today, it's, a, it's the last uh, episode of the, the year, and so we're going to recap all of the topics that you left on the table so i don't know what they are we but these, they these are. are all be ones that but they're I recycled because we're right. gonna we're gonna hit some of them hmm say the title again unforgivable unforgivable i'm in a christmas spirit today i'll take it <laughs> okay the bible calls us slaves it also mm-hmm. calls us free which is it and what is the unpardonable sin oh <laughs> man put me on the spot this is this is high level theology for being on the spot. Even though you are a pastor and went to seminary for like five years, so yeah, but still, still you, you don't talk me, about this every day. Give me a lot of stuff here. So most pastors would research this before, but Chad he'll take it. Just he'll wing it. Well, so, I, I'm winging it because I didn't know it was coming. <laughs> well, I did ask this last week. 
Did you? Yeah, just Christian freedom. Like, how does that oh, relate to it? Well, he didn't say unpardonable sin. Well, just start with this. Bible calls us slaves, but it also calls us free. So, which are we? Are we slaves or are we free? Well, we're both. So, here's how this works. Saw that coming. We're free because we're in Christ. We're slaves to Christ. I mean, we're bought with a price. But we're all slaves to something. We're slaves to either sin or to Christ. Sin, we're enslaved to sin, and sin brings forth death. The outcome is death. Whereas when we're in Christ, meaning we've accepted Christ, we, we see him as our Lord and Savior, we believe in him as the true God, the true Messiah, the true Lord and Savior, and we put our faith and our trust in him, we're saved from our sin, meaning his payment on the cross counts for us, and our sin is forgiven. So because of that, we're we're slaves now to Christ. The Holy Spirit comes lives lives within us, and and we live for Him. But He's He's the greatest treasure. He's a good Father, and and so we're free in Christ because Christ came forth to bring forth life, eternal life. So you're you're only one of two ways. You're either sinful, as you're born sinful, and Ephesians two says you're dead in your trespasses and sins, and the wages of that sin, Romans three twenty three, is death. Six twenty three. Well, oh yeah, six twenty three is death. Got him. You're right. Got him. Three twenty three is for all sin and fall short of the glory of God. You're right. Six twenty three is for the ways of sin is death. Yeah. And um, so the outcome of sin is death. And you may think you're free in your sin, but you're not. You're a slave to it, and that brings forth death. We're all slaves to something, but for those who are in Christ, as Paul says, we're a slave to Christ, but we're free in Christ because Christ came to bring forth bring forth life. Mm-hmm. And life abundantly, meaning eternal life, doesn't mean that in this life we get whatever we want and, and it's all prosperity. We may suffer, we may struggle in this life, but with the eternal perspective, we, we're free. We have life mm-hmm. um, because of that. The unpardonable sin is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, meaning rejecting God, rejecting the Holy Spirit. Um, it's unpardonable because the Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation. So when you reject God fully in that way, um, there's no life. You're in your sin, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And so um, to reject the Holy Spirit is to reject God, which by proxy means you're destined for hell, you're destined for death. Because the only way to eternal life, the only way to life at all is through Christ, through God, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, He is God. Mm-hmm. So to reject the Holy Spirit is to reject God. And you basically have until you die to reject Him fully. Yeah. Or, I don't know, can you reject Him to where He'll stop? Yeah, I mean, it's possible, for sure. Um, like I believe, we believe that salvation is of, of the Lord. Like He opens right. our eyes and He gives us the will to even choose Him. And the Bible says that He died for all so that all may be saved. But there's that mystery of the drawing. God has to open our eyes to it. He has to draw us. And I believe that He draws, He gives the opportunity to be saved for everyone, but not everyone will um, bow their knee to God or trust Him as God. Mm-hmm. And God's sovereign, and there's a mystery there. There's, you know, the Bible talks about it, predestination. It's a whole other subject to get into, but essentially, there's a mystery, and we put the mystery on God, meaning that He, in His eternal goodness and sovereignty, He died for all, so that all may know Him. The Bible says. However, we also know that a lot, many will reject. This is the way to salvation is narrow, right? Yeah. Um, One, well, it's almost like. Do you even have the power to reject God? Because God, in what we believe, is like God gives you the power to believe in Him. Mm-hmm. So if you reject Him, like everyone rejects Him, unless He works in your heart to to believe in Him, right? And so, by that logic, you don't really have the power to reject Him. So that's where the mystery is. It's yeah. like the mystery there is on God, because the Bible talks about we're held to our choices. That we have choice, we have free will. The Bible also says God's sovereign and God, he does all things. So you may reject the Holy Spirit, but it's really because he never allowed you to 
accept the Holy Spirit. Maybe. It wasn't like it was in limbo and he was waiting to figure it out what you were going to do. Sure. And that's where the mystery lies. How does that work together? How can God be fully good? How can he be sovereign? How can he orchestrate that but also hold us responsible for our choices? Well, the answer is we don't know exactly how that works. But he's eternal and he lives outside of time. He works outside of the finite construct of this life. And so what's right is we trust what the scriptures say. We take it for its word and we trust that God, for the God, that that's able to be done. But there's a mystery there because we can't understand it in our finite uh, human state. Um, And then going back to we're slaves, we're free. Like talk about like behavior. Mm -hmm. Like so if anything's not explicitly... In in the Bible that we can or cannot do, we're free as Christians to do. Right, right. But the Holy Spirit guides us. The ho- the job of the Holy Spirit is to help us to agree with the Word of God, to conform to, to be shaped in the image of Christ, to convict us, to that sanctification process of convicting us of sin, and we repent and change and grow and constantly be shaped in the form of Christ. And so, like I said, a, a easy way to say that is the Holy Spirit's job is to help our conscience conform and agree with the truth of God's Word. That's why when you sin, when you're a believer, you feel convicted and you feel that, that sorrow that leads to repentance, right? Yeah. Godly sorrow. Well, some, there's some things that aren't explicit in Scripture mm-hmm. that you have, you know, like how you treat a friend sure. who's... But, against you, you know? but the Bible says Second Second uh, Timothy, sorry, not Corinthians, says this. This is where we we trust the Word. It says um, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So that breaks that down into. First of all, teaching, helping us understand the commands and the principles of Scripture. For reproof, meaning helping us understand and see where our sin is. And uh, for correction, that repentance. And for training in righteousness, helping us to continually be shaped into the form of Jesus. And so that's the life of the Christian. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Word of God to continually be shaping us in that. And so as we're being trained in the Word of God and we're understanding the commands and the principles of Scripture and and working through that, um, and we're walking with God, He gives us, we use the principles and the commands of Scripture and the understanding of His Word to navigate those gray areas, Mm. to be faithful to the Lord. That's good. So we don't, like, even if a topic, like, for instance, masks have been a big topic lately. Sure. You know, people are saying, love your neighbor, wear a mask, which right. other people are saying, that's adding to the law of Scripture. You can't do that. Sure. And so it's up to every individual to trust, even though the Bible doesn't teach about masks right. specifically or explicitly. Right. You can trust that through the Word, the Spirit is going to convict your conscience of how you personally should yeah. live with a mask. Absolutely. But <clears throat> the, the key to this in wisdom, it says... Anyone who lacks wisdom in James 1, verse 5, says to ask ask of God and he'll give generously without reproach. I mean, wisdom comes from him, from his word, from the Holy Spirit helping us. And so anytime that there's a gray area, we shouldn't be hasty in our decision making. Mm-hmm. Instead, we should take time to pray, to think, to think of all angles. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a lot of principles about being loving to our neighbor, about preferring others when it's possible to be to live peaceably with all if possible right mm-hmm. um to not think of your own rights over the bigger picture of spreading the gospel and making disciples and loving your neighbor and it doesn't mean that we just blindly do things either you know cuz there there are times when when things are being mandated on us in a sinful manner and so there's times to reject but there's also times to to give up your own rights for the purpose of a weaker brother, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we wear masks as a staff right now and everything, not because we think necessarily the government's all right right now. Um, we don't really know. But what we do know is, 
Man, we don't want to. They're wrong. We don't want to be a hindrance to the gospel. And as long as there's no sinful purpose being mandated by the government that we need we need to reject for the for the name of the Lord, we're gonna we're gonna look at the weaker brother principle and say, man, there's some people who are worried or really freaked out, and so if it means us wearing a mask so that people feel comfortable to come and worship the Lord then we're going to give up our preferences so people so we can love our brother and, and advance the kingdom right yeah. so so we got to think through all those things and I'm not saying that's necessarily right or wrong I'm just saying that's the the reason why we made those choices is yeah. to think that through it's not necessarily saying yeah the government's right it's just saying like okay is this the hill that we need to die on right now and is is this advancing the kingdom or or are we being a stumbling block and we need to just Say okay, like Romans fourteen says, where Paul's talking about meat that's been sacrificed to idols, and what he says is, I mean, those guys don't really exist, and we're free to eat that meat. But however, some of these people who are coming out of this religion, they don't, their conscience, they don't feel like they're able to eat this meat, and they feel convicted and causes them to stumble. So I'm going to refrain from eating that meat too. Yeah, just because I'm more about helping that brother grow than I am about my freedom to eat that meat. Mm-hmm. You know, So there's a lot of principles and things that we need to think through when we're making those types of decisions, but we need to take our time. We need to be humble. We need to seek the Lord in His Word and in prayer and, and try to make the most faithful decisions we can mm-hmm. as Christians. All right. Let's see how this plays out in the next topic. <sighs> i tell you what. I went to reject all the rest of them. That was a tough one. <laughs> Put me over, on the spot. Over the counter. <laughs> oh man. What could this be? <laughs> it must be because it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take this one too. If you burn me on this one though, I'm definitely rejecting the next one. When marijuana becomes <laughs> <laughs> uh, a legal over the counter oh. medication, can Christians take it? Man, this is a tough one. <laughs> and for a lot of Christians listening, like, how could you say it's a tough one? Well, I want to put it in perspective. Right after the prohibition and alcohol came into play, the the consensus was, you know, how could we, you know, how could we ever think that drinking alcohol was okay as right? a Christian? As a Christian, yeah. Of course, we see it in Scripture, and. The command or the sin is drunkenness. Okay, so here's what I'll say for sure. And I, and I don't know enough about marijuana, honestly. It's not, not anything I've ever done. Um, back in my um, before Christ days, alcohol was my drug of choice um, because of sports and things like that. And I knew I could get kicked off the team if I got caught smoking marijuana. I just never touched it. Just for selfish reasons, not really because yeah. any other reason. So I, I I don't have any experience with smoking marijuana. So I'll say that out the gate. However, I'm not sure, um, and people who've used it before could tell me otherwise, but it seems like there's not much of a way to smoke marijuana without getting high, which is another way to say drunk. Mm-hmm. So what I would say is, drunkenness is a sin. So therefore, even if it's a even even if it's legal, shouldn't be used, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you're able to, and you can have your own personal preferences on alcohol, things of that nature, and no judgment, but there there is a, an ability to have a drink of alcohol without being drunk, mm-hmm. and people can use that. In a, That's in a where the freedom, Christian freedom comes in. In a freedom in a way that um, they aren't sinning, it's possible, right? However, there's some people that can't use it without sinning, and they, sh- they should abstain. And the weaker brother principle, if you're around someone who it causes them to stumble, you should abstain for that same purpose. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to marijuana, um, I would say... We shouldn't, um, un- unless it can be shown or proven that you're able to somehow use it recreationally without getting drunk. That that'd be up for discussion. High. High. I just the Bible calls that drunkenness, but 
any sort of high, any sort of out of your mind state is what that means, drunkenness. Yeah. I think that's so subjective, though. Like, people could argue all day long that high is not the same as drunk. Right. But what I'd say right now is, as long as it's illegal, Romans 13 uh, would tell us that for a Christian, you should not break the law. So, as of right now, you should not ever use it. Um, when that when that time comes, I'll just say humbly as a pastor, that's something I'm really going to have to think through, pray through, um, yeah, lead you got, through. Probably got a lot of people coming out of um, maybe not rehab because they're they're trying to abstain from all drugs, but like yeah. depression. Um, sure. People struggling with stuff like that where marijuana is like a huge help. You now, know, here's what I'll say to that. Chronic pain, that sort I'm, of thing. I'm a big, I, I'm fine with CBD oil, which is abstract. Um, what's that? Essential not, oil. Not abstract, but... Um, Extract. Extracted, thank you. Couldn't think of the right word. From the marijuana plant with... It won't get you high. It won't get you high. Has very low doses of THC. You have to have a lot of THC. That's the part that gets you high. Yeah. So the over-the-counter CBD, you could drink a whole bottle, not be high, and it gets all the medical benefits of marijuana, of the yeah. muscle relaxation, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's no problem with that. Um, drunkenness is the sin, but smoking weed or or taking edibles that get you high. I mean, if it gets you high. It's a sin. Like you can't do it. Well, the is the sin in taking it, or is the sin in like the trying to escape from it? Well, it's from all something. it's the heart issue. It always comes to the heart, right? So when you're looking to it for comfort, but that's that's the other side of that coin. That's like where coffee I'm, changes my my mind. Sure, is that a sin? And that's where I'm getting into the um, minutia of the heart, and that's for you to think through personally, right? But anything like TV, if you look to TV for an escape. And I'm guilty of that sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're leaning on things other than the Lord in the way that we should be looking to Him for comfort or for for all those things, then yeah, that's, that could be sinful to you. And so, what I will say on this is, right now, my answer is no. You should not use it, even if it's legal, especially um, when there's an alternative that doesn't get you high. Right. So, if you're really looking for the medical purposes, CBD oil. You go to that. However, I also want to be fair um, to say, man, if that becomes legal and it's not against the law, I think as pastors we should be due diligent to really look at, think through, pray through, and advise and counsel and shepherd our people rightly. Um, But right now I would say... um, the answer would be no. You should not use it because I don't think there's any way to use it without getting high. Right. Um, and so I don't see any purpose for using it, especially since when people say, well, the medical part, well, CBD is already proven to be the the option there. Yeah. So take that option. Mm-hmm. Don't even put yourself in that situation. And the other thing is Christians, we should seek to be pure, we should seek to be holy. So you don't even want to push that line. And so if you don't know if you can do it in faith and you don't know you can be sinless in doing so, then don't touch it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really true for anything really, but especially for something that has such a high potential to be abused. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's pretty much, you know, if you're using it, it's you're going to get high at some point probably, and so you shouldn't even mess with it. Yeah. Is what I would say, uh, especially dealing with people who struggle with addiction and that and that sort of thing. I mean, I have a big heart for this and just saying, like, man, there's so many, like, the joy is in the Lord. You don't need to look to substances for joy. And so if you're even thinking of it in a way of, like, wh- where is the line that I can push, you're already thinking wrong. Right. It shouldn't be what line can I push. It should be, man, I wanna I wanna honor God and love him and I wanna deny myself and, and trust him. I don't even wanna get into the place where I'm trying to push boundaries to find joys in this life or escapes. Yeah. You know? So most people would probably say it's safer than alcohol. Uh, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. And and in a lot of ways, like in the worldly sense, that's probably true. I mean uh um, like I'd rather someone driving high than driving drunk. Sure. Yeah, when it comes to like, when you're comparing high with drunk, 
Yeah, but both of those are wrong. Sin, they're both of those are sinful anyway. Yeah. So as a Christian, neither like we shouldn't even be in that situation of driving high or drunk. Right, but I'm just saying we allow <laughs> people I mean? to flirt with alcohol, even though it has the potential of getting sure. you drunk. Like sure. that's culturally acceptable. Sure. Christian culturally acceptable sure. too. And most and in, in a lot of situations, some of those people shouldn't even be flirting with it. And once again, that comes to a place of conscience and a place of heart. That's where you got to go back to. You don't even really need to be asking that question about that until you really check your heart about why you want to do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Can you do it in faith? Are you able to honor God? But if there's any potential or if you're getting high at all, then that's drunkenness. And so that's a sin. So no, you should not do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my answer for right now. Okay. Pretty middle of the road. It's not middle of the road. Pretty moderate. That's honest. <laughs> That's honest, using the commands and principles of Scripture. Pretty safe, ready to go either way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next topic. I don't even know. You've, you've already dragged me through the mud twice. <laughs> A firm hand. <laughs> Why do I do this to myself? <laughs> I mean, hey, what goes around comes around, I guess. <laughs> What they say. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Me neither. Is this even a... Like, why did I do this to myself? That's what I want to know. <laughs> what, get point. on this podcast? Like, Let you ask me this. Have such a great host to come up with such <laughs> culturally relevant topics? Uh, in the spirit of giving, I'm going to take it. <laughs> I don't know which way you're going to go. All right, what did I say? A strong hand? Yeah. A firm hand. Spanking. Should we spank our kids? Oh, yeah. Easy one, huh? Yeah, it's easy. Okay. It's biblical. Now. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Is that biblical? You should never do it in anger. You should never be abusive. You should never take advantage of it. softball, ladies and gentlemen. Like, that's my, like, 100%. You should never be in an emotional state where you can even push the boundary of abuse. And our, our culture has swung to no spanking because of abuse, mm. right? And that's fair because abuse should never happen. However, on the other side of that coin is we see it in Scripture all the time. We see it throughout Proverbs. You know, um, man, we, I wish I had my notes from this morning. We just had a yeah. sermon. Um, I got them right here. Yeah, pull up some of those verses for us. Hebrews twelve eleven. Yeah, read it real quick. I just have the reference. <laughs> well, you didn't you look it know up. them all? <laughs> look it up. A lot of Proverbs. Is. A lot of Proverbs. Hebrews twelve eleven. I think that's a pretty good one, though. I just want to read one just to show that I'm not making this up. Spare the rod, spoil the child. He who hates reproof is stupid. Yep. Proverbs 12, 1. Um, Hebrews twelve eleven. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Um, and we see in Proverbs, you know, where it talks explicitly, explicitly about um, uh, the rod. And, I mean, it's, it's talking about spanking. Um, I think very practically speaking, I think Sam even said this this morning, which I thought was a good point, is like other things, like taking things away, which God does that too, uh, is secondary to spanking. The reason why that is 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 all of us have nerves and we feel pain, mm-hmm. and sin should be associated with pain. It is going to be painful. It leads forth to death, mm-hmm. and so it's a loving thing for a parent in a in a loving, safe environment to. Bring forth pain, not in a way that harms in a long way, like in in a long-form way or like an abusive way or leaving bruises or marks, but just that little bit of sting of a spank associates sinful hearts. And and once again, this this comes in context with teaching your children of what sin is. Mm. So it's not just because I said this and you made me upset, so I'm spanking you. You're teaching them there's a consequence for their behavior. But it's important to teach to the heart. Why are you spanking them? What happened? Calling sin, sin. 
helping them understand how their actions was sinful, and then associating that with the punishment of a spank is so helpful. Spanking, Spanking, whatever you want to say. (laughs) I'm saying like, you're saying plural. I'm saying like in one moment, one spank. Um, Two spanks. You're getting three spanks (laughs) when I get home. (laughs) But I think there's something powerful in that association and talking through and teaching and helping a child at a young age understand that man, my sin brings forth pain. Mm-hmm. And a loving father saying, it's not okay to do this. I'm helping, I love because I love you, I'm teaching you the difference between right and wrong, that this is sinful and that your sin des- de- deserves punishment and using that as an opportunity to teach through the gospel. And doing that at a young age, patiently and lovingly, objectively, meaning not emotionally, not full of anger and rage, not just when you feel frustrated, but when they sin, you know, like what, I'll give you an example of what I do, because sometimes you get angry and you shouldn't spank in that moment. Yeah, what do you do, just put it off? No, I, I send them to their room to sit on their bed, and that's that's like a couple minutes for me to gather myself. Mm. Then I come in, and the first thing I do is I have them stand in front of me, and I say, what was? Why are you in here? See if they even understand why I sent them to the room. Usually, now especially, they can communicate. Well, I was being mean to my sister or whatever, or my brother. And then I I help break it down further. Like, why were you saying that to your brother or sister? Well, I was being selfish, and selfishness is sinful. You're wanting what you wanted. James 4 says, why do we fight? Why do we quarrel? Because we want what we want. We want it now. You know, I talk through the scripture, and I have them repent of their sin and pray to God, and then they get a spank. And then I hug them afterwards, and I say, I love you. And this is why I gave you the spanking. And because I love you, I want you to understand that your sin is going to bring forth destruction and death. But listen, when we follow God, when we do what's right, when we love others instead of ourselves, that produces life, and that's good. And, and so it's not okay to be, you know. And it doesn't always go perfectly. Sometimes I have to do it multiple times in the same day for the same reasons. But if you do it persistently and consistently and don't give up, over time it, it brings it brings forth clarity and safety and, and it points them to Jesus. And, yeah. You know, and so um, to... To not do that is to not really teach and train your child in the way God said to. Mm-hmm. But because we're afraid of the abuse side, we swung all the way over and we do the secondary things, which we also do this too, like we take things away. or Because God sometimes Timeouts. out of discipline takes away and gives time out, you know, in his own way, you know, like takes stuff away from us. Jonah um, got a timeout in the whale. Yeah. Fish. <clears throat> and those are also ways to discipline and teach. But it's when you look at scripture, it's not primary, right? Um, because the the spanking is is momentary, um, and in the moment, it's it's like catching it while it's hot, you know. Yeah. Whereas like other thing, groundings taken away, you know, are are helpful tools as well, but it's not a primary tool, right? Well, people are more motivated. Most people are more motivated by pain mm-hmm. than the loss of a pleasure. Right. Pain and pleasure are the two things that, that motivate people. Especially really young. I mean, when you're really young, why do you don't touch the hot stove? Well, if it burns you, you learn really quick. That's wrong. Yeah. Not doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And so it kind of works that way at a young age. Um and then you hope as you get older to not have to do that and to be able to have discussions and all that stuff. But if you don't lay that foundation early, by the time they're teenagers, man, uh, I heard a pastor say one time, I agree with it, that you need a two-by-four at that age to correct what uh, a wooden spoon at a young age would, mm. would do. You know, it's just, it's not, I'm not saying it's too late. I'm not saying that God can't do a miracle, but by and large, Man, it's really tough at, at like... In the military, a, we use tires. Yeah. Tire pulls. Yeah, that'll and do that, it. That was really effective. That's pain. That's pain. Very. Like, you got a mile-long tire pull if you mess up or show up late, you ain't going to show up late. Yeah. I, um, 
I used push-ups there for a minute when the kids would eat their dinner before we prayed. Mm, nice. And then it became a game where they enjoyed doing push-ups so they'd eat Wall dinner. sits. Yeah. I do wall sits. <laughs> That'll work. Um, so Or burpees. My kids are really good at burpees. I know. The shorter they are, the easier a burpee is. Yeah. They do them faster than me. I yeah. can't keep up. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, um, it's biblical first and foremost, and then I think that's why. But once again, I'll I'll say there's no room for abuse in this. So. Proverbs thirteen twenty four: Whoever spares the spank hates his son, <laughs> <laughs> but he who loves him is diligent to spank him, discipline him. Yeah, <laughs> I paraphrased. Yeah, I think it was rod, not spank. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. So that's my answer on that one. It's pretty. It's pretty clear in Scripture, and God's way is always best. So yep. we, don't, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. All right. Well, that's all I got for you. Hey. So Merry Christmas. That Merry last Christmas. one was a softball. Yeah, it was my much, gift to you. That was much easier than the first two. <laughs> much easier than the first two. All right. So we got a. We're going to take a break from Judges and do a little Christmas story since it's going to yeah. come out on Christmas Day. Well, kind of a Christmas story. It's the story after the Christmas story that a lot of people, I think, overlook. We're talking about Jesus, so Christmas yeah. story. and it's around the time of his birth, for yeah. sure. He was, a, he was a young But everybody knows sapling. the Christmas story of being born in a manger and the, you know, the angels coming to the shepherd and all that stuff, which is awesome. And hopefully, a little caveat, you should always read this story on Christmas Day to remember what you're celebrating, um, especially if you have children. You know, one thing that I love to do is I put on my little Santa hat and sit on the, pull a little chair out, and before we open presents, we read through the Christmas story and pray in Luke Why 1. Why the Santa hat? Nah, just festive. It's nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. But I'm just saying that's what I do, just as like a festive little little morning around, mm. you know. I get my um, my cane yeah, and my shepherd's scarf, Oops. and I put that on and I read it. You so. do that. <laughs> Don't lie on this podcast. <laughs> okay, I don't do that, but I will. <laughs> well, that's our little tradition, you know. I get, it, I pull out the chair, you know. Kids all gather around, little reading of Luke um, chapter two of the the birth of Jesus, and because we've done Advent up to that point, you know, and so reminding our children of what we're celebrating that day, why we give gifts, why we're why we're doing all this is because of the gift of Christ. We put on the uh, Andrew Peterson sound track for behold the lamb of god do you have you ever listened no. to it? oh it's so good it traces a story from uh egypt yeah like the exodus the mm-hmm. passover everything to the birth of jesus Is and it's it, just like 10 tracks so good he does it every year like yeah. a live performance in nashville is that because you can't read good or he has matthew begat <laughs> song too like he traces the whole lineage yeah it's good Real yeah. good. I think your kids would appreciate their dad reading out the Bible. I'm just saying. Well, I'll do that too. I'm, I'm just saying, like, as we're <laughs> I'm celebrating, messing. that's one of our things. I'm like, messing with you. It's a great album. You should check it out. That sounds cool, though. I, I will check that out. That's where, like, I like he. I look up to him for songwriting. Like, that's how I got most of nice. my ideas for nice. the family worship album. Nice. So it wasn't original. I get it. I mean, nothing's original. <laughs> that's true. We're, we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Here, you know? <laughs> Very true. Um, so, we thought it'd be cool since a lot of you are listening to this either on Christmas Day, maybe evening, or maybe the next day, that we do Luke chapter 2, verse starting verse 22, when Jesus is presented at the, the temple, and more specifically, the story of Simeon uh, meeting Jesus for the first time. Which, when you first sent that, I was like, is that, is he mean Simon? No. Peter? I'm like, you want to talk about Simon Peter on Christmas? I don't get it. No, man. But this Simeon, Simeon, I remember Sam preaching on this a few few moons back. Many moons ago. Many moons ago. <laughs> and I had to recollect what this story was about. Yeah. And it's really cool just to give the, the scene, you know, Jesus, he's, you know, it's after his birth, and um, they're presenting him at the temple. Is this mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, or we don't know? Yeah, I think so. Um, the big yeah, temple brought him up to Jerusalem. Yeah. Verse twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is after the end of the eight days when he was circumcised. Verse twenty-one. He was called Jesus, and the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So it's tradition. After eight days, he was circumcised, and then 
And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to be presented, uh, and they presented him to the Lord, as it was written in the law. And so in Leviticus, um, that was about 40 days um, from the time of his birth, um, because in the Levitical law, you had the eight days for circumcision, and then there, there was plus 33 days of purification mm-hmm. before you could come to the temple and um, and be presented. Um, so so a couple months old by now. Yeah. But this, this really points out something important to show the devoutness of Joseph and Mary. How the, This is in a time of uh, 500 years since the last prophet, and, and there was a lot of corruption, as we know, with the Pharisees and the scribes. And so here's, here's um, Joseph and Mary who, who are following the law to a T and who are really devout to the Lord. And so they're following everything as they should here as they take him up to Jerusalem. And then we see that they come to, to offer sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, which this really points out the fact that Joseph and Mary were poor. They didn't have much. They didn't have much. This is this is what they the poor people would give because they, they, this was what could be given in place of a lamb. A lamb costs a lot more. Yeah. And so uh, this just shows, obviously, they were, he was born in a manger, like, He's a car, you know Joseph is a carpenter, you know they're they're of blue collar descent, mm-hmm. we'll say, yeah, which I can totally understand, right? <laughs> if at we least were, the law allowed for that, yeah. If we were living back in this time, I would we would be turtled up, people. doing turtled. <laughs> we'd be turtled. Up. That's where the song comes from. No, we'd probably be Christmas? pigeon people. <laughs> like, how about like one pigeon? I'll give you another one next Christmas. You know, <laughs> right. Got a deal, right? <clears throat> Let's go out and hunt the, tur- the, the doves real quick. Does it have to be alive? Because uh, my son kind of <laughs> wrestled this one on the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so they go They go up to Jerusalem because Jerusalem was up on a hill, up on a mountain. And so, so we see all this. And then as they get to the temple, we see Simeon. Now, there's not much known about Simeon. Um, all it says... It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was a righteous and devout, uh, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Um, consolation means comfort in the Greek. And so, um, so he's waiting for the Redeemer. He's Actively. waiting for the Redeemer. He's waiting for the comfort. Which so is all of Israel. Mm-hmm. And this harkens back to some of the prophecies. One of them I'll read for you, Isaiah 40, verse 1. It says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her, her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And so this is hearkening back to John the Baptist and, and all that prophecy and that there would be a comfort in Israel, that Messiah would come. And so Simeon, he was, a, he was a man waiting for that time period. And one of the things that was really awesome, the, the Holy Spirit was upon him, says, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. It's pretty awesome. So he's in a time of, they haven't heard from a prophet, they hadn't seen, but he knew because of the Holy Spirit before he died, the Lord had told him that he would see the promised Christ. Mm-hmm. And so here comes Mary and Joseph up to the temple where Simeon's at. So I just think about that. What a devout man who so many years of his life, and obviously this is towards the end of his life, where he'd been praying and he'd been waiting, and he'd been waiting for the, the consolation of, of Israel, for the Messiah to come. And that he just desperately in his lifetime just wanted to see the promise of Jesus Christ. But also God's going to use Simeon as another confirmation that Jesus is exactly that Christ. Mm-hmm. So we'd, we'd already seen the angels come to the shepherds and, the, you know, the star over, you know, that led them there. And, and all these things and the angel would come to Mary and all this stuff. And then even after all that. God's going to use this seemingly random guy, Simeon, who's just a devout man who loves God. And he's going to give Simeon the privilege to see the Messiah, but also he's going to use the words of Simeon 
to confirm even further right. to Joseph and Mary. So it's an awesome story. One that I just, I love. And um, like I said, it's, it's one that's not thought about often. Yeah. Well, so that's why Luke is including it here because Luke's trying to build a case in the early chapters of this book of Christ is. I mean, all the Gospels mm-hmm. do this, but Luke's doing it in his own way. And uh, he's trying to build the case for Christ. Like, this is the Christ that mm-hmm. was prophesied about. And he does it uh, through Simeon. He uses the story of Simeon. And he includes that. Right. Uh, the righteous devout that he was, the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So, yeah, he has all that. Like you said, his confirmation, which mm-hmm. to our benefit. So we get to see how God works. We get to see just more proof for us to to build up our faith that this is the Christ. Right. Um, I mean, Luke wouldn't have said righteous and devout about just anybody. Right. You know? Absolutely. And it's cool if you look at the the if you have a chance to look in a study Bible. I'm looking at ESV study Bible, but you can find some pictures of the temple. It wasn't. This didn't. This scene didn't play out in the inner sanctuary of the temple, but there's the temple courts, and it's you know kind of like imagine a giant church that has like you know a lobby and foyers and stuff like that, and so yeah. so they're in there, and and I just think about this scene of Joseph and Mary. They just they just saw you know everything they've been through. The angel you know told Mary that she's going to have a son, and she goes through that. They end up at the manger. All these shepherds are coming and rejoicing over Jesus and all this stuff. All the wise men came and they're just like, man, it's been such a journey of like kind of ups and downs, but God providing through and Jesus being the son of God and all this stuff happening. And so now they they take this journey to the temple and when they get to the temple, they got this guy, Simeon, just comes up and is greeting them and the Holy Spirit saying, this is him. And so... Which it may have really helped them out. I don't know. I mean, I know like Mary believed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But still, you got to think like, how is this baby going to save the world? <laughs> sure. Like through me, like it still doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. to Mary. So I'm sure she'll have times, yeah. her and Joseph, along the journey where they're just like kind of down on themselves. Sure. Doubting like, how is God going to do this? Right. And then they get the gift of Simeon just like Man. purely confident. Like, yeah. And we yes. see that happen in this story. So in verse 27, it says, And he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said. So here's Simeon. He's rejoicing. He sees Jesus. This had to be um, a joyful moment for, for Mary and Joseph. But he takes him up in the, his arms and he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Mm. So he's even spreading he's the gospel. He's got the full gospel right there. Right there. He like, already knows it. Man, he's coming on. He's, he's saving the whole world for Gentiles and for Israel. Like Jesus is the Messiah. Yeah. is going to bring everything together. And I love this, verse 33. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. So you see this encouragement of Joseph and Mary, Simeon saying this thing from the Holy Spirit, and I'm sure they've, you know, the Holy Spirit speaking to their hearts too here, mm-hmm. and just saying like, this is the salvation that you have prepared for all peoples, a light of for revelation for the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Yeah. This is the promised one you've told Israel all these all these years, all these centuries, all, you know, and at the same time, He's going to be the re- revelation. He's going to be the one that opens the door to people like you and I. Without Christ, I mean, there's there's a way for us to come into Israel, you know, all this stuff. But, I mean, he's the one that grafted in the Gentiles, made a way right. through the gospel for us to be a part of this faith family. And so Mary and Joseph are marveling at this. When he, he proclaims him, as the salvation before mm-hmm. he's even saved the people. Right. That's how much faith he had in God's plan. Like he delivered the baby. It's 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 already here. Yeah. Like yeah, he hasn't died on the cross yet, but like it's already come in his mind. Right. You know. Absolutely. And it's true. And that that faith saved him because absolutely. 
Well, then he goes on a little bit further. So he has a little bit of prophecy here. And he says, and he says in verse 34, And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is, a, is appointed for the fall and the rising of man and many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. What in the world is he talking about? He's talking about his crucifixion, right? Mm. So he says, whereas this salvation gives light for revelation to the Gentiles, bring glory. But then he says, the study notes here in the ESV study Bible says, it refers to the judgment of the haughty and the arrogant, mm-hmm. right? The rising refers, so he, yeah. refers to the salvation of the humble and the meek. And so right. and we see in Jesus' life. The poor in spirit. Poor in spirit versus the haughty, mm-hmm. the, the proud, the religious elite. Pharisees. The Pharisees, the scribes, those who... Those who feel like they don't need salvation, right? Because Jesus Himself says, "I come to save the the, the sick, the sinful." Mm-hmm. Right? Not that they're not sinful. It's just you don't realize that you need me. Yeah, you're bankrupt. But those who are saved, right? Those who see are the ones who are humble, right? Those who are poor in spirit. Yeah. The humble and the meek, right? And then He says, "A sign that is opposed it foretells the future opposition of Jesus," right? The sword refers to Mary in her future sorrow at Jesus' crucifixion. Mm, that's the sword that will pierce her soul. Yeah. she's going to see her son. Yeah. Die on the cross. As much as you're, and you should rejoice in this moment of being a new mother, and you're, you're the mother of Jesus, the Savior of the world, but realize the cost that mm. your son is going to have to go through to be yeah. the Savior of the world. And that's something for Mary in this moment that she probably, you know, Mary was always good at soaking it in, right? Well, she, she had no clue it was going to be done through crucifixion. She didn't. I mean, she probably knew Isaiah 53. Right. You know? But, you know, every time, like, at the manger scene, it says, you know, Mary stored these things up in her heart. And, mm-hmm. you know, she marveled at what Simeon said at first. So I just I just had to believe that Mary in this moment also was like, man, what does that mean? Mm. And she had no idea at this point probably the extent of her own sacrifice. As a mother looking upon your son one day on a cross, and when she's there at the foot of the cross watching her son be crucified, um, is is more painful than any you know anybody who's a parent. I mean, I couldn't imagine. But then of course he raises from the dead, and she also gets to <laughs> see that too. Right. right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be some very sorrowful times that, that she's going to endure as people reject her son. Mm-hmm. Jesus. What is that last sentence? So that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Um, I'm not exactly sure. You know, I have to spend some more time on this. But essentially what I think this means is Christ, you know, the word of God is piercing, sharpening a double-edged sword, and Jesus is the word of God, John mm-hmm. 1. And so Christ is going to be that... that um, black and white, that piercer of, there's no lukewarm, there's no um, moderation there. That's either you're in or out. Right. He's coming to say. And that's going to reveal people's hearts. Right. He's. I mean, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to Father except for right. me. He's the one that says, man, the way to destruction is, is wide, but the way to salvation is narrow, and not many will find well, it. Well, the only it. ones who find it are the ones that are spiritually bankrupt. Because yeah, you have to admit your utter depravity and sinfulness right. and so it reveals your hearts in a, in a yeah. way the humble and the, and the meek right yeah and you so you can't fake it yeah <clears throat> what you believe is what you're going to do your heart is always revealed and god wants your heart and the only way to salvation is through your heart through trusting and believing in jesus christ there is no other way to god he's the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through jesus christ mm. and so that's our that's. I think that's what that means. Yeah, I feel pretty confident about that. Yeah. yeah. Thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Yeah. And I think that's a warning to us. Man, Christ, he's such a gift, and we're celebrating Christmas. We're, you know, you may be listening to this a couple of days removed, that it's such a joyful day, Christmas, celebrating the gift of Jesus Christ, that the Savior came into the world, but realizing that that gift came with a cost, that one day, you know, we celebrate Easter, his death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. 
But that cost came so that we wouldn't have to take the cost of our sin ourselves because remember, the ways of sin is death. And so Christ came to live that perfect sinless life to, to be nailed to a cross, to take the full wrath of God, uh, to defeat sin and death so that anyone who would believe in Jesus would be saved because his blood would count for us. His salvation would lead to our salvation. And his, his raising from the dead would lead to our salvation. And so realize that, man, we should rejoice on Christmas, but we should rejoice humbly. There's a cost of that. And we should rejoice humbly in our own spirit of, we should take our salvation seriously. Mm. We should take Jesus seriously. This is not a day just to, for family and we get to have a bunch of gifts and this is all great. That's part of it. But if you've completely missed the point of why Jesus came to the world and why we're celebrating Christmas, man, that's sad. Yeah. We cannot miss it. should be a it. weight and a, just a right. gravity to Christmas as well. And we should have the heart. Maybe we, maybe we can close on this. We should have the heart of Simeon where he was just so eager and so thankful that he had the opportunity to see Christ. Mm-hmm. That that he would even, you know, say that, <laughs> that he says, now you're letting your servant depart in peace because I know there's a Savior. Right. Now. That, that, that you've brought forth this consolation, this Savior in Israel that you promised to bring, that you're a God of fulfilling your promise. That's what Simeon was excited about. And he could go to, he could go to his grave in peace because he knew that his faith in that was going to be his salvation. Mm-hmm. That's what we should be celebrating on Christmas. That's what we should be putting our hope in. That should be our greatest gift and our greatest treasure. If it's not... You've completely missed it, and you just mm-hmm. got a bunch of stuff that's not going to satisfy you. Yeah, and you know, a few days after Christmas, things are going to die down. You start getting depressed, down in the dumps because mm-hmm. you were treasuring the wrong thing. Right. You know, it's it, it's always that. I remember that was for me, like for years. Like I never liked Christmas because my mom would always hype it up, and then it would always die after. Like the emotions would go away right after Christmas because it was all about the stuff. Mm-hmm all about the songs and the music, like the Christmas stuff. But the real reason for Christmas didn't last past Christmas. Right. You know, then it was over and you were in this lull, you know. And so with Christ, Mm -hmm. I mean, it just keeps getting better every day. Right. So, And it even enhances, I think, on a secondary note, the the joy of the day of Christmas. Yeah, for sure. Because... Man, it's about giving the. It's about remembering the true gift of Christ and giving the gifts to each other and enjoying one another and and rejoicing in the blessings of the Lord. It's not about what you get. It's not about the stuff. But you're able to enjoy the gifts, the blessings of life, when you realize, man, all that all that matters is Christ Himself. Yeah. Well, it's like even if you're just putting up Christmas decorations, like the- Christmas trees. Christmas trees, getting them back in the attic so they can take up all your attic. Your gifts are now down from the attic, so now you get to put your Christmas tree back up. But even in that, it's like we just got to celebrate the coming of the king. You know, yeah. Simeon was like just in awe that he even got to see the king. And yeah. like here we are, have we have full faith. We have the full word of God. We have so many blessings, right. every we, blessing. We get to look back at this story. Yeah, you know, Simeon's living it. We get to look back to it's already been done. What's Ephesians uh, one, one three? Um, he's he's given us every blessing, uh, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Like every spiritual blessing, we have every single thing we need. I won't even look it up because I think you got it pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So that's um, we just have a lot to be thankful for every single day, yeah. and we don't need a holiday. We don't need a holiday, but the holidays are great. They yeah. add to it. Yeah, they they should be. Those markers in our lives, those the, they should be what they're meant for. Those momentous days to remember uh, what it's about, which is Christ, the gospel, Christ himself. That's good. Pastor so, Chad. Well, hopefully this helps end your year on the note of remembering what it's all about in the first place, Christ. And next week, 
We're going to be bringing some uh, goal. It's going to be a goal-setting geared mm. cast, right? Goal-setting the change-up way. Yeah, we're going to change up a little bit. <laughs> Biblical goal-setting. There you go. All right. See you next week. Later. Thank you for listening to the Change Up Podcast. This podcast is made possible by The Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. If you don't have a home church, please come check us out. We have service times at 845 and 1045 on Sundays, and you can find more information at thefieldnola.com. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please share it with a friend or family member and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people just like you find us.